Well, it's our privilege to have Mike and Rita Sonia with us tonight, and uh, appreciate you guys. And I said I was going to just let you know by way of transparency, because you folks have been so transparent here, but I mentioned this morning, I said, uh, you know, folks, make a good effort to come out, because uh, this man, uh, and Mike, and also Rita as well, they have been walking a, a really hard journey in the last bit with uh, diagnosis of, of cancer with Mike and he's carrying that with him and weakening by the day and uh, I appreciate your transparency in the sense that you've shared what you're going through and as Christians you've shared the hope that we face and I mentioned this morning I said you know every one of us are going to face something that's going to eventually usher us into the presence of God it might be cancer it might be a heart attack it might be someone runs you over it might be the rapture I mean that would be even great you know uh, but we are going to get into the presence of God sometime and it's a good thing to stop every now and again and listen to those that are facing that a little that they know for sure you know that this is this is close and, and I say that not to uh, uh, make the situation you know more heavy for us tonight but to say this that I've appreciated their just the posts on Facebook and and, and the struggles that you're going through, but the hope that is within with Christ and your journey. I uh, appreciated your post on the Resurrection Day on Easter, and uh, just again pointing us all heavenward, because that's where we're headed, if you're a believer, you know? And uh, we're going to be there. And in a few million years, we're going to look back and say, this time is just nothing <laughs> here on earth, you know? Well, uh, we've, I found out they were going to be in the area again. I asked uh, both of them, Mike, if you'd come on up, and I guess Rita as well. You're both going to share some time. You're going first, okay. And uh, uh, I asked them to come on up, and uh, they're going to give us a little update on some of their uh, experiences here over the last bit. And they were with us about a year ago as well, so welcome very much. Yep. All right. It's all yours. Can I preach? Well... <laughs> I say, I say, I'm going to go share. <laughs> anyway, um, you know, people ask all the time, how are you doing? I say, good. <laughs> I said that to a lady the other day. Uh, we were hugging, and uh, she said, how are you doing? I said, good. I said, that's a lie, but that's okay. I'll admit that, but anyway. So, you know, I am going to share from the Word. I'm not going to preach, but I'm going to share from the Word. Um, I entitled this, Counting Our Blessings in the Storms. Um, Mike and I have been married for 32 and a half years, something like that. And we have gone through many storms over those 32 and a half years. We haven't fallen into the cancer thing and be able to deal with it the way we're dealing with it without having gone through other things that the Lord has brought us through. Because, uh, you know, in James, um, <clears throat> yeah, I'm going to go there because I can't read. I can't remember what it says. Um, consider it pure joy. Do we believe that? That we can consider it pure joy whenever we face trials of many kinds? Wow. Do we believe that? Do we believe we can do that? I don't think sometimes that we really believe that we can face heavy-duty trials with joy because that's what the Word of God tells us to do. I mean, I, and I will never, ever say that we don't have our days where we fall apart because we do fall apart. But we always come back to what? What the Word says. The Word says that we can get through this with the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, Psalm 71, I'm, I'm, just, I'm trying not to take too much time because I know Mike wants to talk to you. Um, so, you know, we've been through a lot of trials, but um, the psalmist says, though I have seen troubles, many and bitter. 
Because some sometimes we go through stuff that we can't even talk about to other people. And we've been privileged to have given our lives to the Lord and we go to him. Not that we can't go to other people, that's not what I'm saying, but sometimes the trials are just too heavy and we can weep alone, we can cry alone. And sometimes I've been in my bed with my blankets over my head crying. But I always say, Lord, you're the one that's gonna have to help me get up out of this bed and face the day because I can't do it alone, I can't. So the second thing that I thought I I would share is uh, in Matthew, I'm trying not to make this too heavy. Uh, Matthew chapter 14, where we see that what happened to Peter in Matthew chapter 14, when Jesus said, come out of the boat, come walk on the water with me. What happened? He took his eyes off the Lord. So that's when we sink too, is when we take our eyes off the Lord, that's when we crumble onto the floor. And we, you know, I mean, we're human, so we will, at times, go there. And we will take our eyes off the Lord. But the only thing we can do is always come back because he's the only source of strength that we have. We can't do it on our own. He's the one that has to help us through whatever trials we're going through. So I guess another thing that I thought of that I would share is People ask all the time, well, how are you doing? Well, okay, we're, you know, we're getting by every day. But one of the biggest things that we have noticed is that um, we have people who tell us all the time that they're praying for us. We can't do it alone. I know there's people, there are people in this congregation that have been through many trials too, suffering the way we are now even, you know, and you can't do it alone. But, you know, we share on Facebook what's uh, very tiny portions of what's going on, right? Uh, People don't, people see me on a Sunday morning and they think, she's a happy lady, right? But that's just my personality. That doesn't mean that I don't suffer, you know. So, but in Exodus 17, we see that uh, Moses, they were going to battle with the Amalekites. And how were they able to to, uh, win the battle? They were only able to win the battle when Moses' arms were lifted up. And he wasn't doing that all by himself. So it's by people praying for us. And I mean, maybe you don't pray for us every day, but maybe once a week, you know? Uh, The Lord answers prayer. We have to believe that. Uh, I've been a believer since 1979, December 4th, 1979. And from that day since today, what have we learned? We sing songs that have a lot of meaning, a lot of depth, and yet, you know, the biggest one that I think is funny is that we all sing, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be. But nobody wants to go there. Nobody wants to die to go to heaven, but we know that the Lord carries us through because other believers are helping us lift our hands to the Lord and carry us in that way. Um, We have the most amazing uh, doctor. If ever you're in Woodstock and you need a specialist, (laughs) she's the one to have. She's just amazing. She just, uh, anyway, she's not a believer as far as I know, but she uh, is the most compassionate Specialist, she has three specialties, so you don't get in to see these people just by you know calling them up. But 
she's just an amazing woman. So, you know, there's different things that the Lord gives us to help us through this time. Uh, this is a terminal cancer. There is no, um, no treatment whatsoever for this particular cancer. Um, the cancer is growing. What do we do on a daily basis? Well, the only thing we can do is go before the Lord and ask for strength. And he gives it to us because he knows that our hearts belong to him. Our lives have belonged to him, Mike, since 1977, me since 79. We've always wanted to serve the Lord in whatever capacity that he asked us to. Uh, so, you know, the depth that comes with that, when, you, when you've seen that he's taken you through one trial, and then you say, wow, you know, we got through that one. Well, okay, maybe a year later, you go through another trial, different kind, another trial. So you say, okay, the Lord was faithful over there, so I guess I'll trust him again today to carry me through today. And sometimes it's minute by minute, so it's not just today, right? So um, in Isaiah, let's see if I can find it without too much problem. Um, verse 3, uh, Isaiah, Isaiah 26, verse 3 says, He will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you right? Trust the Lord forever. For the Lord, the Lord is the rock eternal. This is the NIV, so I don't know if that bothers anybody, but I can, I, I, <laughs> I totally get that. But so when we keep our eyes on the Lord, we don't sink. We keep going day after day. And I'm not saying that tomorrow I might not dive into this the sea, but today the Lord is giving me grace for today, not for tomorrow. And then sometimes I think, what am I going to do when I'm a widow? What am I going to do when I'm a widow? Why would I even ask myself that question? The Lord has been there while I was married, so I don't know why he would say, you know, he would just say, well, okay, you know, I'm done with you now. You're a widow. I can't, you know, it's the opposite. He says he takes care of the widow and the people who have children that are fatherless. So it's totally understanding, memorizing the word, trusting that God is going to do what God is good at doing, and that's taking care of us. And the last thing that I wanted to share was in Matthew chapter 26, uh, where... He was saying to his disciples while he was in the garden, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. So if the Lord Jesus went through that, what do we think that we're going to go through? How do we think that we're going to go through it without a lot of pain, right? Uh, but he said, Father, if it is not possible for this cup to pass, um, to be taken away unless I drink it. May your will be done. And at the end of the day, that's what we have to say too. Lord, I don't know what tomorrow holds, but your will be done because that's the only way we should be living as believers. Do we believe the scriptures? Do we believe the word of God? Do we believe what Jesus, that Jesus really came and died for us and we have to, otherwise there's no hope in anything else, right? So that's my little spiel. And I want Mike to come up, and I will pray for him. Did I do my 20 minutes?
I'll pray for Mike so that the Lord will use him. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for your goodness, your love, your mercies that are new every morning. Father, without you, we are hopeless, helpless. But with you, we can do all things. And we just thank you that you have, are the one that gives grace. You're the one that helps us to do, accomplish what you want to accomplish and that you be glorified, not us, because we're just other human beings. We just thank you for this opportunity that you gave us. And we just, I pray for Mike that you will give him the strength that he needs to do what he needs to do. In Jesus' name. What? No kids? She often says that to me. Well, once again, I appreciate those words. Um, I just felt part of the congregation just listening and being ministered to. So, uh, appreciate those. Pardon me? Talk louder? I'll probably talk. <laughs> okay. Um, so, am I okay now? Oh, I see. No, I can. I, I'll be speaking louder. Yeah, yeah. So, again, we appreciate being here. We appreciate uh, the invitation to come. Um, it's been a year already, hasn't it? Wow, time just uh, time takes on a whole different meaning when you've been given a six to twelve month prognosis. <laughs> And so it's been beyond that, and uh, it's, it's really good uh, to be here. What I want to do is turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, and uh, that's becoming, I, I used that passage the last time we were here as well, and, uh, and I want to use it again this evening because it's becoming very much a, a theme passage for us, and you'll understand why uh, once I read. Um, and I'm just going to read it and uh, come back to it later and just pull out a couple things, a couple thoughts from this passage. But starting to read uh, from verse 8 in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 1. And uh, Paul writes, We do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about the hardships we suffered in the province of Asia. And that's partially the reason why we're here, is we don't want people to be uninformed about our own situation. Uh, we were under great pressure, far beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired even of life. Indeed, in our hearts we felt the sentence of death, but this happened that we, we might not rely on ourselves, but on God who raises the dead. He has delivered us from such a great, from a deadly peril rather, and he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us as, as you help us by your prayers. Then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. Uh, <clears throat> just giving you uh, just a, a summary of, of, of our circumstances, because um, you may or may not have heard, and sometimes it, it, it's good to hear it again just to, um, just to understand and just to get it clearer. However, in May of 2016, I was diagnosed with an extreme form of, of cancer, and it's growing in the, the bile ducts of the liver, the secondary bile ducts over here. Uh, because it's so rare, uh, there is no 
Well, at, at least at the time, there was no uh, form of treatment. There was no medical treatment available except for surgery. Uh, so in August of 2016, uh, I was booked for surgery in Halifax. Um, so, and it was unsuccessful in the sense that, well, not in the sense, but it was unsuccessful because once they got in there, uh, there were complications and uh, I had a lot of blood loss and the surgeon didn't want to risk going any further with that. So he backed out of the surgery, sewed me back up and sent me home. So it ended up just being a, a real exploratory surgery really what it is what it was. Uh, that led to a long and exhausting recovery uh, with several compli complications while I was at home. Um, and uh, in 2015, we had gone to a Far Eastern country uh, to teach uh, and experienced the healthcare system there firsthand. Uh, not as internationals, because the country has an international system of healthcare for foreigners, and then they have the national system for the nationals, right? So we were part of the national system of healthcare and uh, came out of there extremely thankful for the healthcare that we have in North America. And I said, never again will I ever complain. Um, healthcare systems are not perfect by any means. However, I'm extremely thankful for the healthcare that we received. Uh, primarily through, well, our, our specialists and extramural and, and all that help. Um, and so, um, since the surgery, of course, uh, I've been dealing with ongoing post-surgical issues. That's part of the problem or part of the process or part of our journey. Um, and, and it's created various types of uh, oh, pain to, to deal with. However, nothing that needs uh, medication at this point, so I'm thankful for that. Uh, the cancer itself so far has not affected the normal, the normal functioning of the liver, and so that's why I can stand here, and even my doctor, my specialist said in our last visit, she looked to look at you, she says, I couldn't tell that you were sick. Uh, and because of that fact, that my liver is still functioning normally. Uh, and, um, and so I'm feeling, I'm feeling relatively well, you know, in, in spite of it all. Uh, and so that too is, is something to be thankful for, but there is no other treatment. Um, Prior to the surgery, I remember going to a couple specialists and thinking, okay, they're going to give us the answer, they're going to give us the answer. And every time being faced with, well, there is no answer. And so coming off of that, and it's like God was snuffing out every candle of human hope uh, that, that there was available. And then finally had the surgery, and the surgery was unsuccessful. And so causing us to have really no choice but to depend on the Lord, really, to turn to Him. Um, and so uh, our latest scan, which was about a month ago, um, and had our visit with the specialist about two weeks ago, uh, confirmed that the cancer is in fact spreading. It's, it's a slow gl glowing, yes, Growing well, I've had enough treatments with dye and everything else that, that you think if you put the lights out, it probably would glow. But uh, it's a it's a slow growing cancer, and uh, and so we know that as it descends the the side of the of the liver, it eventually makes its way. It will make it make its way to the primary um, uh, bile duct. And once that happens, then, then that's sort of like the beginning of the end. So we just don't know how far and how long that's, that's going to take us, right? So, so that's what the, uh, the latest scan uh, indicated. 
uh, and uh, and that are also it's it's most probably spread to uh, the lymphatic system as well, the lymph nodes in the stomach area. Just that they can't, in order to confirm that, they would have to biopsy, and the lymph nodes are so minuscule that they, they just there's no way that they can perform a biopsy. On the other hand, even if they did, uh, there's really no treatment that would that would be effective anyway. So, and so that's where we're at uh, in terms of, you know, that's what we've been, in a very small nutshell, dealing with uh, since uh, 2016. Um, in that process, especially in the beginning when uh, I came back from Halifax after the surgery, um, one morning uh, I remember during my personal time with the Lord, and I think I shared this with you, but I, it's, wor it, 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 it's worth repeating. Uh, during one of those times, I, I remember just having just a, a very clear conviction in my heart um, that God had a purpose for what was happening, uh, that he was, uh, in fact, putting us on another track, because uh, I had to retire as a teacher, um, and, uh, and, uh, and all of what that means, what term it means. So, um, and so I, I had a sense of calling that this was in fact what he was calling us to, uh, God's sovereign, and we need to approach life uh, from the perspective of sovereignty. Now by that, I don't mean that uh, he's the one who caused me to come down with cancer, not at all. Uh, that's just part of life uh, in a sinful world. Uh, however, he does have the ability to take something like that, like he did with Joseph and David and, and, and all those um, characters in the Old Testament, and use it for good, right? And so, um, and so that's what I mean by that, that God has a purpose and a plan uh, for our lives. And life doesn't end just because there's difficulties uh, in our lives. And so I remember praying very clearly. I said, Father, um, I just want whatever will glorify you the most, is what I prayed. Um, and I still desire that. Uh, that was part of my prayer. It, it was a prayer of surrender, I think, is what it was. Now, since then, that conviction has been challenged significantly, and not only once, uh, as we've journeyed along this path. Um, but God always brings us back uh, as the good shepherd that he is, right, when we stray, uh, and strengthens us and has sustained us throughout this, this whole process. And that's why... I want to come back to 2 Corinthians at this point in chapter 1, particularly verses 10 and 11, where it says, He has delivered us from such a deadly peril, uh, and, he will and he will deliver us. On him we have set our hope that he will continue to deliver us as you help us with your prayers. Uh, then many will give thanks on our behalf for the gracious favor granted us in answer to the prayers of many. So we don't want you to be in an uninformed. We want you to be informed so that you'll be able to pray. Because uh, that's what has, that, that is our greatest need by far, um, is to have people pray for us. Uh, at, at some point, especially at the beginning of this journey, uh, you know, we say to ourselves, that the Lord is just carrying us. It's like we're going through this, but we're not really going through this kind of thing. Uh, and so, um, and so, of course, reality hits along the way, and then, and then you're still going through it, but he sustains us and he gets us through, right? And so, um, and so we've received so many 
Facebook messages uh, of people saying we pray for you every day, uh, and that's so encouraging. Um, however, in, that, in these verses of uh, 10 and 11, there's a word that, that pops up uh, often, I think four times, if I'm not sure, if I'm not mistaken, and it's the word deliver. Um, and so I want to share with you a little bit of, of what that has um, come to mean to me. Uh, in the process of being diagnosed with the cancer, uh, the, the last thing that needed to happen was uh, I was scheduled for biopsy uh, of the liver. At the time, it, they didn't know, they thought it was a growth. Um, and so about two, two and a half inches in, in dimension, rather. And so they needed to biopsy to confirm as to whether or not it was, uh, it was cancer. And so uh, as we led up to that day, um, I had asked, excuse me, I had asked our pastor uh, to come with some of the deacons to lay their hands on me, uh, anoint me with oil, and to pray, you know, as per James, right? Uh, and to do that in our small group setting. And so that day was coming. And so the day before that time, that evening, uh, I read uh, in the Daily Bread, Second Chronicles chapter 20. And I think that's probably up, up there. Okay, cool. So let me turn to that, Second uh, Chronicles chapter 20. And I just want to highlight a few things there. Uh, chapter 20, verses 15 to 17. And I'm going to pick it up uh, at the end of verse 15, where it says, This is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. But I stopped the verse there. You know, be, don't be discouraged because of this. Okay, so that was encouraging already. And then the verse continues and it says, for the battle is not yours, but God's. So I thought, well, okay, already that's encouraging. And then verse 16 continues and says, tomorrow. Remember, this is the day before the anointing, right? It says, tomorrow, march down against them. They will be climbing up by the pass of Ziz, and, and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jeruel. Uh, and, uh, and it says, you will not have to fight this battle. He says, take up your position, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. And then he says, he repeats the, uh, the word again at the end of the verse, is go and face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be, be with you. So I was encouraged, and at, the mo at that time I thought, well, okay, this is kind of interesting, because I was connecting that to the following day, and, and my re request, uh, according to James, right, was if anyone is sick, have the elders come and, and pray for you, and the Lord will restore you, right? And so I was thinking, in my mind, I was thinking healing uh, at, that, at that moment. So I, I made those connections. So I thought, okay, this is kind of interesting, okay? So now the day of, this was in the daily bread reading. The day of that morning, again, during devotions, uh, I read in a totally different devotional this time, uh, Exodus chapter 14. And as you read that, verse 13 of Exodus, okay, let's say 13, yeah, Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. 
Stand firm and you will see the Lord, the deliverance the Lord will bring you today, right? So I sort of said, okay, this is kind of weird. Uh, so I, I wasn't quite sure what to, what to make of that. It was so coincidental that I thought, well, the Lord has to be saying something to me here. Um, and he used those words tomorrow and today to get my attention and to receive the, those words, those verses, as his promise to me and to us that he would deliver us. Now keep in mind that I was thinking healing still at that point, right? Um, and so, um, so yeah, God used those words tomorrow and today to really get my attention. Now, uh, the biopsy happened that week, a couple days after, um, and it was confirmed that the cancer was still there. Right? That, that whatever that was, that, uh, what did I call it? Mass, okay, was actually cancerous. And so, okay, I, I had to step back from that and say, well, Lord, am I get, did I miss that? You know, is, it, is that something that I totally uh, misinterpret or misunderstand what you're trying to tell me here? Um, and so, you know, my question was, I, I don't understand. And so I, had, I really struggled with that because in my heart, I felt really sure that God was giving me those verses, and I still believe that. However, um, from then on, the Lord started to give me a little bit more understanding as to the meaning of those, those promises. Um, later on, I read, uh, and not too long ago too, um, I continued to read and came to verse 21 of Exodus chapter 14. It says, Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and all that night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided, and the Israelites went through uh, the sea on dry ground. Uh, and I'll let you just read the rest of the verse, but what I didn't realize is that this deliverance um, for the Israelites didn't happen instantaneously. It's not like as soon as Moses hit the water, like, it's not the Hollywood version of it, right? That the, the, the seas were open and they, they crossed through. No, it happened throughout the whole night. And so the Israelites had to be between that rock and a hard place, as it were, waiting for God to do his work, right? So I understood that this deliverance was going to be a process. Okay, whatever he meant, and I was still thinking healing, but that somehow there's a process involved here. So I had to wait. I had to trust. Um, and so, yeah. And there was one, one other thing that I, that I understood sorry I, at the end of the verse uh, 22 it says okay the waters were divided and the Israelites went through the sea and I realized okay part of that promise to deliver us was to get us through this and not necessarily deliver us from it right and so I tuned into that just, just recently now, that doesn't mean that I, I still don't believe that God is able to heal, or not able to. I firmly believe that he's able to, if he chooses to. Uh, however, um, if he doesn't, then, like Jesus prayed, right? Not, not your will, not our, our will will be done, but his. And so, and I think we need to just come to terms with that regardless of our situation, our circumstances, uh, larger or, or not as large. So, 
Um, so I, I realized that I had a very narrow understanding of, of what God was telling me and that I needed to broaden that. Okay. However, uh, since then, God has been true to his word. He's been true to his word. He is getting us through. Uh, he's delivered us from anger. He's delivered us from despair, from fear, from anxiety, from lies, and from other things that, that could be listed as well. Uh, also, I realize that it's a daily occurrence, right? It's a daily ongoing thing of deliverance because some days, how can I say this? Not that we don't need deliverance, but we enjoy, we're enjoying the deliverance, put it that way. Other days, we still need to be delivered. Uh, just a recent example of that, uh, and, let, and let me give you a little bit of a, of a background uh, on me, is that I, I've, I've always struggled with uh, my image of God, and I, I would have to get into my own story in order for you to understand exactly what I mean, uh, but especially when it comes to him as my Heavenly Father. I've always struggled with that, with that image. Because um, for me, it, it, it's never been a positive one. And, and so, uh, on good days. So, add what's happening in our lives today, these less than favorable circumstances, right? Uh, so our circumstances have certainly tested this particular aspect of my relationship with him, okay? So that's been the case throughout my Christian life. Uh, you know, the devil comes and whispers in our, in our ear and, and in our minds and makes us doubt God's goodness and his grace and love and mercy. So, uh, but recently, and as recently as this past Friday, uh, again, just in my devotions, uh, my time of prayer. And I always pray before I read it, because um, as we read this book, it's, a, it's not just any book, it's a supernatural book. It's inspired by God, and we need his help by his spirit to understand it. And so that's why I always pray a simple prayer, Lord, just help me understand, give me something today. And that morning, uh, that's basically what I prayed, but it's what I didn't pray that God heard uh, and answered. Because um, what I didn't pray was, Lord, show me who you really are as a father. Um, that's what I wanted to pray, didn't pray, but that's the prayer that he answered. Because in Luke 15, if you want to turn to that, uh, Luke 15, very familiar passage um, of the prodigal son. And I will not find that story in Mark. Matthew, Mark, Luke. So, you know the story, so I'm, I'm not going to bother reading it. However, uh, just look at verse 20. Uh, the son came to incestus, and, and he got up and went to his father. And then it says, But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, gave him a hug and a pat on the back. Is that what he did? No. Threw his arms around him and kissed him. And I just cried. Because that's been the type of father that I've always desired. Um, because in my own heart, 
in my own mind, sometimes I feel far away. I feel far away in my heart, and sometimes my understanding of God is not complete by any means, right? And so I feel far away in my own mind. And yet, when that's the case, he comes running to us, right? And for me to read this, it's like, I mean, you know, we've read that numerous times before, but that was what I needed that morning. The Father saw me, and he was filled with compassion. You know, he wasn't just sitting on his throne with a stern eye and making sure that I'm obeying, right? Uh, he was there feeling with me. Not only there, but he got up from his throne and came running to me and threw his arms around me. and showed me his love in that way. Um, and it was so refreshing and so reassuring to know that God is that type of Heavenly Father. Um, so just to conclude, first of all, I'm already tearing up, but I want to say how thankful I am for my wife, Rita. Um, she not only has been there for me at my side in the last few years, but for 32 years, right, and counting, <laughs> and a half. <laughs> and she knows, you know, she knows me, and she knows the struggles that not only we've been through together, but I've been through, and uh, knows me better than, than anyone else, except for the Lord himself. And, you know, she's going through this, uh, and she has her own take on suffering, right? And she suffers differently, but not any less. Um, and so, um, so I'm extremely thankful. However, I want to end with uh, Proverbs 18, 14. It reads, and that struck me when I, when I read this and I underlined it. And it says, a man's spirit sustains him in, weak, in sickness, but a crushed spirit, uh, who can bear? You know, I've, I, I've been on both sides of that fence. Uh, when my spirit is crushed, I, I can't bear a whole lot. Um, but when my spirit is where it needs to be, for instance, when God reveals himself to me like he did on Friday, um, that's when you know that peace that surpasses all understanding. Uh, and it's indescribable. And so even if I initially misunderstood uh, his promise of deliverance, uh, he has sustained me with that promise nonetheless that he would deliver. And I need to just leave it in his hands to, um, to define what that means, right? Uh, to me as I go along, because we don't have perfect understanding of his will. Uh, however, we do have the responsibility to go to him. Sometimes it's dragging our, dragging our feet and all bent out of shape, uh, but we need to go. Uh, and it's going only sometimes means, Lord, I'm really having a hard time right now. Um, I like that line by C.S. Lewis when he wrote, uh, he was brought kicking and screaming into the kingdom. Uh, God was faithful in spite of the fact that he didn't want to come, but he could not deny the obvious. He could not deny the truth. So he allowed God to calm him. So God welcomes us to his, throne of, uh, to his throne with arms open wide, with a smile of delight, with a twinkle in his eye. And when we feel far away and are struggling uh, as we come to him, or perhaps even struggling to even come at all, God sees our hearts and he runs to us. So it's so important to nurture our spirits. Uh, 
in the good times, like in the good days, because when the hard days come, you need to have had that, the, the habit of meeting with God, because um, that's really what's going to sustain us uh, in those difficult times. So again, uh, thank you so much for being able to come and share. And um, if I can leave you with a prayer request, I think part of the reason God is allowing all this is for years I've had a book on my heart to write and just wasn't ready or didn't have the time or energy or what have you. Uh, and it's a book on relationships uh, in a church and it's using my own personal experience, uh, my experience as a Christian counselor and um, and the Word of God uh, as it speaks to uh, this issue of relationships and it's a particular type of relationship that uh, we don't hear a whole lot of, I think. And every time we mention it to someone, it's like, you need to write that book. Uh, so I really feel that uh, the Lord wants me to do this. Uh, again, don't have a time. <laughs> uh, how am I saying? What am I trying to say? The Lord, our lives are in his hands, and, and I know that if he wants this book to be written, then he'll just give me the time to do it, right? Uh, but strength and uh, just the courage to be able to go there. Uh, so again, uh, thank you for being here. Thank you for being here, for us being here and inviting us. Appreciate that.